Welcome to the snooze button. Hey, I'm Brittany of Brittany She and Sleep. I've got 99 problems, but my kid's sleeping isn't one. Hey, you guys. Welcome to another episode of the snooze button. I'm Brittany of Brittany She and Sleep. I'm your host. Um, you probably guessed that. So I'm not going to lie to you guys. Um, when I was typing up the notes for this episode a few minutes ago to kind of prepare myself, gather my thoughts, I, uh, I almost teared up. Um, so that's the type of thing that didn't happen to me before I had kids. Like I would never, you know, cry at a commercial or like even a movie. I really had like a heart of stone. Uh, now anything could set me off, including typing up notes for my own podcast about what I've learned in my first six years of parenting. So if I start crying in today's episode, um, I'm sorry, but I'm probably not going to edit it because I'm not really good at editing and I'll probably accidentally delete the whole thing. Um, So it is what it is. So here we go. Okay. What six years of parenting has taught me. I will say first of all that I realize six years is not a long time to be a parent. So if you have been a parent for 12 years and you're rolling your eyes at this, that's fine. Um, you know, we are all going at our own pace. I can't be a parent for longer than I have. And I do think that even just six years in, there are some very interesting takeaways that I've had. So I'm just going to share them with you. If you've been a parent for less than six years, this is for you. That's who this is uh, This is targeted for. Okay, so a couple of things. Number one, whatever it is, they will get there eventually. And when I was writing out all of these like points I wanted to talk about a minute ago, I was really thinking about the juxtaposition between my my heart and soul and mind as a mom when I had my first born son, who's the one who's about to turn six, which by the way, was the catalyst for me doing this because he's turning six in, a, in I think two, like two and a half weeks. And for some reason, I'm like kind of spiraling about it. I feel like this happens every year with his birthday in particular, because it's it's always going to be the milestone, right? He's It's always going to be the oldest child I've ever had. It's always going to be the first of these things. Um, and so it's always like this sort of like mixed emotions every every May when it comes around and the juxtaposition like I said between who I was as a mom with him versus who I have really become not only with my second born but now with my third who's just under two years old is pretty dramatic Um, and I'm sure some of that has to do with the fact that I work in the parenting space um, and I'm like a professional you know in this world and I have a different perspective and my obviously my experience and the breadth of the types of people I am interacting with and the things I'm learning have changed. But I think truthfully more of it has to do with just living and breathing, being a mom of three kids for six years. So not the whole time for six years. You know what I'm saying? I'm just really getting off tangent as always. My first point, whatever it is, they will get there eventually. I think it is really, really, really hard. And this is going to be the case with all of these things. I'm not telling you that you need to feel this way. Here I am caveating again. Ugh. But truly, because if you're listening to this as a mom of a four-month-old, I don't want it to feel patronizing. I'm not saying like if you are spiraling about stuff and if you are worried about stuff, then you're, you know, you should stop doing that. You don't need to because that's not going to be the experience. The way you are with your firstborn is that's just, it's going to be different. But I just want to give you some perspective. Okay, so... Whatever it is, they will, third time I'm going to try this. Whatever it is, they will get there eventually. Whether it is they aren't sitting up as fast as another child that you saw at mommy me class. They don't know how to use a spoon. They aren't talking yet. And their friends at the park are all talking. They're not walking yet. Um, they started, you know, swim lessons and they aren't swimming as quickly as the other kids. Whatever it is, they will get there eventually. I know we all know this deep down. 
but sometimes it's really hard to remember it when you're in the moment and you're feeling worried and anxious about your kid, especially in the early years when you don't have a lot of perspective on, on other things that will happen. Um, and I, I distinctly remember a friend of mine saying to me when Teddy, my oldest, was not walking at 18 months, and she said, Brittany, he's not going to go to college crawling. He, he's going to learn to walk. And this is at the point that I had taken him to specialists. I had done early intervention. He was in this really expensive out-of-network, couldn't reimburse PT. And guess what? I eventually relaxed. I stopped taking him to all the places that weren't really doing anything. And guess what? He just got up and walked one day. You know what? All three of my kids were late walkers, and which each of them I progressively cared less and less. Um, and by the time Delaney walked, I literally didn't think about it. She didn't walk till she was 17 months either. All of my kids did this. And I just didn't care. I didn't think about it. I knew that she would walk when she was ready. And you know what? Can't slow her down now, a couple months later. Whatever it is, they're going to get there eventually. Okay. Uh, my second point of perspective for you. Little people, little problems. And I know of all the things I'm going to tell you, this one could feel the most triggering because if you have a child that you're like, yeah, but my two and a half year old really isn't talking and it really is stressing me out and like, don't tell me that's not a big deal. I'm not saying it's not a big deal. But what I am saying is that the older your kids get, the more you realize that the things you worried about when they were younger, and I know that this is going to be true looking back on myself now when Teddy is 12, you know, when his life has doubled, the issues he'll be having when he's 12 years old will make the issues he had when he was six years old seem silly, right? When you're thinking about now, you know, I have friends who have kids, Teddy's going to be in kindergarten. In the fall, most of my friends with kids similar age, their kids are already in kindergarten. And even just hearing the issues that are coming up in the kindergarten classes, I'm thinking, wow, I'm in my little preschool bubble. I need to cherish this because the older they get, the more big and real the issues become. And I think if you have a little bit of that perspective, it helps a lot because I'm trying to give it to myself now, even as I deal with things with him, with my oldest, knowing that these things are little, these problems are little, these things we're dealing with are little. One day the things could be a lot bigger. And it's important to keep that perspective in mind. Okay, number three. I think there are 10 of them. Okay, number three. It's okay to care about what you care about. What I mean by that is, it could be something, and I'm going to use a lot of like my own personal examples just to be illustrative for you. It could be something as serious as sleep, okay, on like the scale of like what's serious to a baby or toddler. You're a parent, and if you're listening to my podcast, you probably are a parent who cares about sleep. It doesn't matter if all of your friends co-sleep and don't have schedules and like they roll their eyes at you when you say you have to go home for the baby's nap. It doesn't matter. It's okay for you to care about that because that's what you care about. I know it might sound like silly like and obvious, but I think it's really hard as a parent, especially if you're a first-time parent, not to get caught up in what other people are doing and to think if something's important to you, then why isn't it important to them or vice versa? Like if other people don't care about this, am I weird for caring about it? It could be something as serious as sleep, right? It could also be something as not serious as the way you dress your kids. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I'm really into dressing my kids in cute little outfits. I think there are very few situations in life where you look back and you would say, I wish I spent more money on that. But I actually look back. I'm not kidding you guys. I look back and think about the first like six months or nine months or so of Teddy's life. And I really wanted to buy him like a little cashmere like outfit and like little like knit wool booties and like little fancy clothes but I felt silly 
because I lived in New York City. I had very few friends who even had babies. And those who did, like, did not care about that stuff. And it felt, like, dumb to me. And I felt, like, almost a little bit, I maybe, like, insecure that I wanted to, like, dress him up. And so I didn't do it until at some point I just got the ball. I was like, whatever. I'm into this stuff. Who cares if people think my kid looks weird? It's my baby. And this is fun for me. And it genuinely sparks joy. Like, to this day, getting my kids dressed sparks joy for me. And if that is something that sparks joy for you, that's great. Do it. And what if it's instead that you or your, you know, partner is like a huge fan of a sports team and you want to dress your kid in a bunch of, you know, New York Jets outfits every day? That's great. If that makes you happy and that's important to you, who cares if everyone else doesn't do it? Who cares if nobody else puts their baby in a leather jacket? I don't know why I'm using clothes as all these examples, but like whatever it is, you know, or maybe um, your family's really passionate about swimming. So you started swimming lessons way earlier than everyone else. And you guys like to go to the pool like four days a week. And everyone else is like, that's too much swimming for a baby. Like, why are you doing that? Who cares? It's important to you. Okay. That was a, a weird made up example. But I think that's really good. Don't feel insecure just because whether it's like a big thing or a little thing, maybe you really care about your kids being in an academic preschool or a play-based preschool. And everyone else is like, we just go to the public school one. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It's important to you. Then that's great. You, you, do, you do what works for you. Okay. Number four, individual time and attention really matters. It does not matter if you have one child or 10 children, unless you are a single parent with a single child. And even in that case, I would say you find a time that feels very specific and set aside and different from your normal routine with them. If that's not the case, having time that's just you and one child, I cannot articulate how important this is and how memorable and meaningful it is to have that time that's just you and one child. Now, you guys might have, again, if you listen to the podcast, if you follow me on Instagram, you probably know about my one-on-one one-night overnight trips that I do with my kids. The next one is coming up in June for Teddy, my oldest. After his sixth birthday, we're going to a hotel for one night. It doesn't need to be overnight at a hotel, though. It could be as simple as taking them out to lunch. But having time that's just you and your one child without the other parent, without anyone else there, is invaluable. And it really, really fills their cup. It's so meaningful for them. And it's really meaningful for you, too. I mean, despite having done these things a handful of times with all of my kids, I I, I remember the moments. Even something as simple as taking, we have a tradition on the last day of summer camp, whatever his camp is that he's doing for my oldest, because he's the only one who's so far been in camp. Um, on the last day of camp, I take him to this, um, if you guys live in LA in the beach cities, you know the point. The point is like an outdoor mall and there's like this burger joint in the middle of it that's pretty fun and that's our tradition. So the last three years on the last day of camp, we go there together on his last day and we have lunch, just the two of us. And it sounds so small and silly, but it's meaningful. It's meaningful to him. He remembers it and it's meaningful to me. I remember those moments and it can be easy as a parent. You're just surviving. You're just like in the zone. You're tossing some dinner together. You're trying to get everyone to bed. You're, you know, turning off the day. Whatever the stuff is you're doing every day, those days blend together. When you have these specific moments and traditions and things that you do, it really, really matters. Okay. My next one. Is this number five? I think, yes. Nothing, good or bad, happens overnight. And I think this 
is really important to remember because people love to scare you. You guys know how I feel about people scaring other parents. Like, oh, just wait until they're this age and just wait until da, 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 da. Which is like nothing makes me want to punch you in the face more than telling me to just wait until something happens. No parent needs to. That's not when you're pregnant, you don't want to hear just sleep now. Then you'll never sleep when the baby's born. Oh, just wait till she's walking and talking. Then you're going to be really in trouble. No, just shut up, first of all. Anyone who says that to you, just walk away. Um, nothing happens overnight. And I think this is good to remember, on the one hand, to keep you accountable as a parent because, you know, you, you think – I've definitely had this experience. I would say language is the one in our house where my husband especially has a bit of a potty mouth. I sometimes do too. But when Teddy was a baby, it was like whatever. He doesn't understand what we're saying. You can drop an F-bomb here and then at the TV, you know, during a sports game, whatever. But as he got older, I started to realize, like, he's not overnight just going to start saying, damn it, we're going to have to like stop saying it before he talks because he's going to pick up on it. Yeah, guess who said damn it yesterday? Teddy did. He fell in the garage and he said damn it because he's heard that word in our house. And now I have to look at myself hard in the mirror and say, well, more to my husband, but to me too, this didn't happen overnight, right? He didn't just figure out what that word meant. It's because we didn't set a a standard in place when he was very young that we were not going to use this language in front of him. And now it's coming back to bite us in the ass. There I go using a swear word again. Um, But also, on the other flip side, nothing bad happens overnight too. And not bad in the sense that like your kid is saying swear words, but when people kind of scare you and warn you about what's coming up, your newborn is not going to get up and just walk away from you, right? If you're, you don't need to be like scared of these looming milestones. They will happen gradually. Your child will first sit up, then they will crawl for a while, probably. Then they will start to take their first step and toddle. They're not going to run into the traffic, right? Things happen very gradually. And it can be important to remember that because I think sometimes you get in a moment and you're like, oh, they're getting so big. Before I know it, they're going to do X, Y, Z. But it's not before you know it. You're going to have time. So take that time when you need it to embrace the moments because it's not going to happen overnight. You're going to have time. Okay. My next one, watching them become them gets better and better. I have loved this part of parenting because I think we all sort of have in our minds to a degree, like, oh, they're going to get, you know, this parent's X, Y, Z. They're going to get this parent's other thing, you know, a character trait or personality or athletic ability or singing ability, whatever. But the truth is they're their own people. And it's especially fascinating when you have more than one child and you see them develop into such different people. It's really cool. So as your kid gets older, whether they're a one-year-old, I mean, I'm seeing it with my youngest who she's not even two years old yet. And she's already, she's like weirdly obsessed with jackets. She's like always like pointing out who's wearing a jacket and like she wants to wear her own jacket. She like puts a bunch of jackets in a pile a sweater, a sweatshirt, anything counts as a jacket. Um, But it's just like funny and silly and it's just her little thing. Um, All the way up to my oldest who has his own like unique interests and things that he's really excited about and are really cute and seeing them just develop those things on their own completely independent of you. You know, it's not like the sport you love or the activity you love. It's like they just really enjoy this thing and that's really, really fun to see and I anticipate that's going to continue to be really cool. Okay. You will be somewhat in a constant state of mourning. You'll be in a state of slight mourning constantly. Um, At least I personally have been because I think at every age there are challenges, but at every age there are great things too. And you're always going to have these moments, whether you are listening to this holding your two-week-old thinking, oh, you know, I can't believe we've only been here two weeks. It feels like forever. Or if you're in my boat and you have a child who's heading off to kindergarten, um, 
you're always going to be in a state of, wow, this is going too fast. I want time to slow down. I want them to stay this age forever, blah, 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 blah. And that's just the reality. Like we just have to accept that. And I think when you're in that moment, what I try to tell myself is what I said just a minute ago, that nothing changes overnight. You know, if you have that moment of being like, before I know it, he's going to be in college. He's not. He's only six. And there's plenty of time left for you to pour into him or her to have these special moments and to just really cherish the time that you have. And I think when you're in the really tough moments of parenting, it's good to remember that. When your kid is having a total meltdown, try to remind yourselves that at least they want to hang out with you because when they're 15, they probably won't. That's what I think. Okay, my third to last point. Not all advice is created equal. This is really important, especially, especially when you are talking to another parent of a child that's older than yours. I think all of us as parents, we look at people who've been in the parenting game even slightly longer, six months longer, one year longer, as having this additional valuable knowledge that they can impart on us. And you know what? Sometimes they do, 100%. But other times, it's not advice that you need to take, and that's okay. I've said this before a couple of times, and I'm just going to reiterate it again. I'm just going to beat you over to the head with this because this advice will never get, get stale. When someone gives you advice, think about... How, and I'm talking you know, specifically about parenting, though this could apply to many things. Think about how they parent in that particular thing that you're getting advice on. So if you, you know, offhand make a comment about how your child's a picky eater and somebody's like, you know what you should do, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, think to yourself, is this a kid that when we go to restaurants with them, they just, they'll like eat whatever the parents order and they're good with food? Or is this the kid that I went to their house? Every time we've gone to their house, the parents have to make a third meal you know, each kid has their own dinner and they all they eat is chicken nuggets. And that's probably not the person who should be giving you food advice, right? They might be the, the right person to give you sleep advice, for instance, right? Maybe their kids are great sleepers. They have great schedules. You've always noticed that that about them. Um, you know, I have some friends in particular who are, their kids are just really well behaved. And if I have a question or an issue with one of my kids' behavior, those are the friends I go to. I'm like, hey, has he ever said da-da-da? Like, how did you guys handle that? Like, I'm figuring, I'm trying to figure out if we should, like, make this a big deal or not. That's the, that, that's the person I ask help for, the one who has the kids who have dealt with things like this and they've handled them the way that I want to emulate, that I want to handle them. It's okay to listen to somebody and nod politely and absolutely disregard that advice. It doesn't matter if they have a kid who's a year older than yours, and it doesn't matter if they're saying it emphatically. I think sometimes when people come from a very strong perspective, it makes it seem like it's legitimate. And sometimes it's great advice. But if it's not sitting right with you, you can ignore it. It's okay if they do things differently, if that's not like the vibe you're going for. Okay, my second to last one. The milestones continue to be fun and exciting. I think when you're in the baby stage, those all these like little special moments, their first steps, their first word, the first time they smile at you, it feels like, oh, I'm never going to have these things again. And I'm telling you guys, it's still really, really fun. It's really fun seeing them like walk into school for the first time by themselves. I mean, I'm excited for next year when Teddy walks into kindergarten for the first time. Taking him in there was really fun just to see the school. He's really excited for the concept of kindergarten. It was thrilling to see him and Baker both become big brothers. That was really cool, meeting their siblings for the first time, right? So every every milestone that you go through, I, I imagine it's the same throughout the rest of their lives. Like, I can't imagine the feeling that parents have when their own child has a baby, right? And they see their, their daughter or son become a parent, right? So all these milestones throughout their lives don't feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's going to stop being fun and exciting because I can tell you for me, it hasn't. And the last one, 
you're going to mess up, and they're still going to love you. I think that has been one of the most important things I've learned. No one is perfect, myself included. I tend to be impatient. Like, that's my parenting thing that I always want to work on is I want to be less impatient. You know, if I ask my boys, Delaney's too young really to be told to to do things yet, but if I ask Teddy and Baker to do something and they don't do it by the second time, I'm, like, frustrated with them, right? But whatever your thing is or things are, as long as you take ownership and accountability for your behavior and you are trying to do better, you're a great parent. And I tell myself that all the time because I mess up all the time because I'm a human being. So know that your kids are still going to love you. It's incredible how resilient they are and how deep their connections are with their parents. And as long, like I said, as long as you are trying your best and trying to be better and holding yourself accountable, you are amazing and your child loves you very, very much. Okay. Those are all of my thoughts. I hope this was valuable for you. I hope if you have a child who's younger than six, you can take a minute today to appreciate some of these things. And I will tell you them again right now. Whatever it is, they will get there eventually. Little people, little problems. It's okay to care about what you care about. Individual time and attention really matters. Nothing happens overnight. Watching them become themselves gets better and better. You'll always be in a constant state of slight mourning. Not all advice is created equal. The milestones continue to be fun and exciting. And you're going to mess up, and they'll still love you. Okay, guys. Love you all. I'll see you next week. Loving the snooze button? Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And please leave a review. I will read it and internalize it, so make sure it's very glowing. If you're interested in working with me or learning more about my courses, head to brittanysheehan.com or follow me on Instagram at Sleep.